This is High School Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nitin Jalodanki and Ayush Agarwal. Okay, so hello everybody and welcome back to High School Not So Much a Musical. Today we are joined with Miss Rosa, who is the founder and CEO of E4 Enterprises, which stands for Empowering Entrepreneurs in Emerging Economies. So Miss Rosa, could you please give a quick overview about your life, how you came to starting E4 Enterprises, and just a general overview about yourself? Sure. So um, again, I'm Donna Rosa, and the CEO stands for Chief Entrepreneurship Officer. And um, we do remote business coaching specifically for entrepreneurs in developing countries. And so um, our clients are usually organizations that provide or want to provide business support um, to small businesses in in these countries. So for example, um, uh, aid projects, um, donor organizations, NGOs, charities, business incubators, universities, government contractors, and so forth. And um, I've been working, and how I got here was, uh, I've been working in international development um, for about 20 years, um, but I spent most of my career in the corporate world. And, you know, at some point I just kind of looked at my, you know, what am I doing? And I wanted to sort of give back, so I, I said, you know, what can I do? And I realized that I had accumulated a lot of business knowledge that I could either dive with it in my head or I could share it with, with people who, who need it most. So I transitioned from the corporate world into international development, which was not that easy. Uh, it took me a while. And um, I would go out into the field and work with these um, small businesses. Uh, there isn't a lot of support for them, but there were a few projects. And when I was working in the field, I noticed a couple of things. The first was that um, we were doing a lot of sort of one-off trainings, workshops, doing business plans for these small uh, businesses, but it wasn't really helping them. And the reason was that um, a lot of times they were learning a lot of theory, but they really couldn't apply what they were learning to their businesses. It was too, too much of a stretch. They didn't have you know, a business background or business education. And, and, and that was one thing. And the second was that, you know, we hand them the business plan or we finish the workshop and everybody goes home and they didn't know what to do next. Um, you know, they needed more guidance. So I felt like it was kind of a waste of time. And the other thing that I saw was that these organizations were spending a lot of money um, sending me to these far-flung places. Um, you know, there was airfare and, and lodging and food and, and venue rentals in some cases, materials, um, not only for for me, but for the participants. And I just sort of looked at it and I said, none of that stuff is adding any value to the, you know, what we're doing. It's just overhead. So I thought, you know, there, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so I started working on that. And the answer, of course, was technology. So, um, you know, we, uh, and this was pre-COVID, by the way, and I, I started to, to develop a way to do this um, over the internet with the entrepreneurs and, and you know, take those, those costs out of it and provide more longer term, uh, more longer term support. So I opened E4 um, 
in January of 2020. Yeah, okay, thank you so much for that introduction. Um, like, I've really never heard of like remote coaching before or remote business coaching before, but um, you know, E4 seems really interesting. And I really like the name because like, it's so simple like E4, but if you actually were to think about it, it's like empowering entrepreneurs and emerging economies, it's a lot, like E4 is a really good, um, it's like a really good short version of the of the of the name so the next question i have for you is that um like why so the e4 believes that like uh it's having business and entrepreneurship skills it's like a necessity not a burning desire so why do you think it's important that um like these companies everything they learn a lot they learn and they acquire lots of business business and entrepreneurship skills yeah so um what what's a necessity is the um, is the entrepreneurship not so much the skill well the skills are a necessity too, but let me back up a little bit and explain the entrepreneur um, situation in developing countries. So um, when you when you go to developing countries, um, the entrepreneurs fall along a continuum, like they do anywhere else, and so you ha and it goes from let's say the. The, the very low income, the, the poorest of the people. And this could be like a smallholder farmer or a woman who is sewing crafts and selling things or selling vegetables. And it goes all the way up to, you know, a techpreneur, you know, you know, an MBA grad that has a, you know, a, a fantastic idea, you know, some game changing um, business idea. And there's everything in between. And in, in fact, India is the perfect example of, of that range of, of entrepreneur. Um, I though work with um, the ones at the lower end, the micro enterprises. These are the ones that need the most help. These are the ones that don't have the business skills. They are sometimes called entrepreneurs of necessity because um, it's not their desire to, to have a, a business. Um, and in some cases, it's kind of, a little bit of a mark of shame that they have a business and it means that they can't get a job somewhere but there are no jobs in, in, in these rural places so to them it's, it's a higher status to have a job with it with a corporation rather than being an entrepreneur so it's a whole different and that's changing now but a lot of that still persists and so um you know that's what the that's what the the situation um looks like now Remote coaching, um, you're not the only one. This is very rare in um, in the developing world, like in, in development agencies. And when I started this, they told me that it was never going to work. And so um, COVID changed that. Um, I started doing it anyway, and um, everybody realized that you can certainly do anything you need to do, you know, online. And so our program is called eSchool. It's like B-School, but for entrepreneurs. And we've got um, different programs, um, but what it is is coaching over the internet in small groups of about four to five entrepreneurs over the course of weeks or months, depending on what the, the program is. Um, and it's usually once a week sessions for about an hour, and then they get an assignment that they do uh, during the week. Now, this has a lot of advantages over traditionally, you know, what had been, been going on. First of all, it's really convenient for everybody involved. 
um, the entrepreneurs, as long as they have a computer and an internet connection, they can do this from wherever they are. Um, and it fits it fits into their busy schedule. So it's like one hour session and then they have the week to do the assignment. So they, that's doable. Um, and the other thing is that it's not, they, they aren't pulled away from their businesses or their families to go do a workshop somewhere. And so it fits into their lifestyle very easily and it's convenient, like I said. Um, but more importantly, they learn management skills in the context of their own business because the assignments that I give them, they're working on a, an issue with their business. And it's not just, you know, here's, here's what marketing is. It's, you know, what are their marketing issues or financial issues or so forth. And, and anybody learns better that way. And again, it's over time. It's not just a one-off thing. And then I, I you know, I, I disappear. And they also get um, advice and feedback on their situations from an international business expert, which they normally wouldn't have, have access to. And um, they, it also makes for peer learning because you know, the, the entrepreneurs often can help each other. They're all facing the same types of, of issues. So there's, there's that involved. Now at the level that I'm working at, a lot of what I'm throwing at them is new information and it's a lot for them to absorb. Um, however, the way that we distinguish our, our business is, is, is the hand-holding. So we, we hold their hands through with these difficult concepts. We make sure they understand it before they move on to the next thing. And they get it. And so um, it's a little, sometimes a little difficult for them, but we, we pull them through. And then at the end, they feel really proud when they complete the programs. They've learned something, you know, some business concepts they never knew before. And then... Um, they get a certificate of completion, which in, in developing countries, it's very important. And so, you know, they like it. And then for the organization, there's lots of benefits too. So um, they can provide their entrepreneurs with all the benefits of one-to-one -one coaching. Um, but that cost is spread over four to five people, four to five entrepreneurs, rather than just one-to-one. -one. So that is very cost-effective. And then, of course, we have taken out all the travel overhead. So it's very doable for organizations. And in addition, um, the staff can attend the, 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 the sessions at no extra cost. So that's training for them. And it's, you know, it's capacity building uh, for them. So they learn as well. And so we have, um, we have standard programs on, on various topics. We have an overview. We have like a, one that focuses on marketing or financials, um, but we do a lot of custom programs where we, we see where the, what the needs of the specific group are. And then we, um, we develop um, special, um, special programs from that. And then um, just besides the coaching, we have an even more cost-effective option for those that just need a business plan. And it's a business plan tool called ePlan, like the plan. Um, and it's a DIY self-guided template, um, which it's got all the information that's needed in a business plan on the template. It asks questions to guide, you know, the entrepreneur. They fill in the information. And then in the end, with one click, it generates their business plan. And it's modifiable and customizable, so they can change it any way they want. And that also includes a proprietary cloud-based financial software that is on the same principle. So they just fill in their numbers 
and then they they click and it automatically generates their income statement, their balance sheet and their cash flow statement. Just like that, they don't need any financial knowledge. They don't need to know what goes here and what goes there. They don't have to hire somebody. They can do it themselves. They attach that to the business plan and they're good to go. And that's very inexpensive. It can be as, as low as a few dollars a month per, per entrepreneur that's cancelable anytime. So when they finish the business plan, they can cancel it and they're, they're good to go. Um, I should also mention that that business plan template is specifically designed for developing country entrepreneurs. So it's it's rather a simple one. It's not a 40-page business plan like, like we see here. So that's just, um, I'm rambling a lot, so just stop me. <laughs> um, but uh, that, that's the kind of things, you know, we think it's, it's an innovative way to do it, you know, making use of technology, taking out a lot of costs and giving better, better service. Yeah, I think I found particularly interesting that like the software was just able to create income statements and this cost benefit analysis and all these like kind of difficult like documents because one thing that I remember we talked about in the planning meeting was that I like how your company says empowering entrepreneurs because that's exactly that's exactly the name of the course in our school which I'm currently taking and wow. in that course um, one of the things that we like the first half of the year because we're almost like halfway through the school year the first thing that we learned about was financials and that included making our own income statement included making like our startup cost list it, and the income statement is very very difficult because you there's so many different aspects to it and like mine was almost like 150 lines long in excel and then maybe 10 to 15 columns because if you're trying to find out like the profitability of a company over let's say 10 years you have to factor in so many different variables such as like the amount of loan that you're taking out your monthly loan payment the interest that you're playing on your loan your contribution margin all like your financial ratios and stuff like that so i find it really interesting that like the software is able to do all of that for them so one question that i had was do they eventually learn how to create all of these kind of income statements and stuff like that because obviously they can't have this software created for them for like if their company actually succeeds so how exactly do they learn the skills that the software is doing for them yeah so um in most cases they can use that software if they want to continue to pay the the subscription fee they can continue to use that software to to generate whatever statements they want so if they want to do that they can just use the software um and so we don't we don't teach them you know what goes on an income statement what goes on a balance sheet you know and, and this and that you got to remember we're, we're trying to keep it extremely simple for these entrepreneurs um and so what you're talking about would be more for a higher level um entrepreneur these entrepreneurs are you know it's a little restaurant it's you know it's it's some small small business and they don't and that what you're talking about would be would be overkill so we don't teach them that we just enable them to develop a business plan and they can take that and the reason they need that is so that they can think through what their business is going to be but also if they want to get financing um, the business plan that this generates wouldn't be a very sophisticated business plan, but it would be enough for them to go to a bank and get a loan um, to just show that they have, you know, that they've, they've thought through the business. Definitely, yeah. Uh, I think that gives us a good understanding of, you know, how to uh, essentially create like the basic fundamental aspects of business, especially for those in like emerging economies who do not have access to like the same resources that we do, like 
for example, they might not be able to access the internet, so they can't just like search up, you know, how to make an income statement. It's really necessary for like companies like E4 to go out and do it like and, and help them out with that process. Uh, and I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, there's like this common international relations argument that, you know, if you have companies like E4 going into emerging economies and helping and like helping them, then it kind of creates some sort of reliance where these companies and these individuals in the developing world, they don't really know how to lift themselves up because they're kind of relying on companies like E4. Now, I don't agree with that because I think, for example, as you mentioned, E4 is simply providing the framework for these companies to like lift themselves up and then from there, they're kind of self-sufficient. But what would you say in response to like critics who argue, you know, companies like E4 are kind of creating a reliance? I totally hear you and I've heard that argument and I've made that argument. So I, I do agree that um, a lot of aid is just what you said, it's creating dependence. Now, there's there's more and more realization in the aid community that that's what they're doing. You know, they went on for a long time and they just didn't realize that they were doing more harm than good. So that's changing now and I'm seeing it change in lots of different areas. So I'm glad about that because we wanna teach them to fish. You know, we don't wanna give them fish. And so what we're trying to do is, particularly with the coaching, I'm looking at their business with them and saying, and, and trying to help them give them this, the management skills so that they can run their own businesses. You know, what about this? What about, the, you know, what, who's your, your target market? You know, so I'm teaching them how to run their own business so that they don't need me anymore. Yeah, I definitely like see the need for that because one of like the things that I commonly see is that having entrepreneurial skills it's not just for starting a business you kind of need it in every scenario that you're in because even like the simple cost benefit analysis if you're just create if you're just like trying to figure out whether you should pick like let's say one phone and you're trying to buy a phone there's phone one and phone two is having the entrepreneurial skill of just knowing i need it only for this amount of time so do i really need to spend that, that amount of money i think that's really important and i like one opinion question i have for you is do you think that schools should like make business a required like core curriculum course because math and science and all that kind of stuff it's great but only for going to like a niche field of math and science will you actually really need it but it's like you're not going to use calculus in your everyday life the the greatest extent of math that you'll be able to use is like maybe calculating tax or like a tip in a restaurant but business is something that you can use in every situation that you're in so do you think that business should be integrated into like the core curriculum standards for schools across the u.s and even across the world you have hit on one of one of my rants um yes um and again i'm mostly i think around the world but in particularly in, in developing countries um this is not taught to people and for a lot of them are what's called informal businesses, mean, meaning that they're not registered. They just kind of start selling something. <laughs> and so um, if they had some skills to just figure out what's coming in and what's going out, that would go a long way. So yes, and and the, the um, international development industry, again, is just starting to realize that they, you know, they're trying to help small businesses. The way that you develop a country in, in large part is through small businesses. That's how countries get developed. 
in large part. And so, um, you know, in trying to, to help them, they, they give them maybe some technical skills. They may even give them a little financial management, but what they're not doing enough of is giving them business skills. And this is something I'm always screaming about. You can give them the other two. If they don't know how to run a business, you're wasting your money, you know? So um, I, I do think that um, a lot more focus needs to be um, needs to be on business skills. And it, you know what, it doesn't, it takes so little to make such a huge difference. That's what I like about this. It just showing them how to, you know, how to just the basics is all they really need, um, you know, for, you know, for their situations. Um, and in most cases, it's financial skills that are lacking. Um, it's almost always they, they, you'd be surprised. They don't know what's coming in and what's going out because they don't know how to keep, keep records. I mean, it's just that basic. And I can give you, I can give you example of that um, in one of my, my, cases if you want thank you so much for listening to this episode of high school not so much a musical make sure to tune in to part two of our conversation with miss rosa where we talk to her about her first person account of helping a failing business owner fix her financials and soar to greater heights thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time that's our show for today now roll the credits high school not so much a musical is hosted by ayush agarwal nitin jaladanki and rishi sinha Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.